Because, like, I, I wouldn't carry a flask anymore, but I could carry something illicit inside of a hollowed-out Bible. Oh, it's it's actually a pain in the ass, but doable. But I, you'd have to know somebody with a jigsaw. I say, I know it's doable, and I figured it would take a jigsaw. And, yeah, I don't have one, so I'm probably not going to do it. But, man, wouldn't that be the tits? It was. We did them, um, we did them as a gift giveaway when I had a D&D game. And it's a pain in the ass because you got to hand glue each of the pages, and you got to put it in this huge press and drill it all out. But it is cool as fuck. Yeah, because, like, I don't know what I'd keep in it. I'd have to, I think I'd have to buy a gun. Because, <laughs> I mean, dude, if I'm going to have a hollowed-out Bible, there should be something that nobody would expect me to have in there. Oh, and that would require, if you were going to keep a gun in it, you couldn't just have a big square cut out. It would have to be cut out in the shape of the gun with just enough room to reach in. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Or, or I need, like, a, a guitar case gun. Oh. I mean, if we're, if we're to, I mean, I guess now we're just descending into El Mariachi, but whatever. Yeah. Well, my, my coolest thing that I ever owned, well, two of the coolest things, one, I had a boot knife. And I thought that thing was the coolest thing. It was fucking useless, but it was just cool hey, to have. That is cool. I don't care what anybody says. A boot knife is cool. And the other cool thing that I had um, when I was in the service, we were often in dicey places. And I, would ha- I had a pair of the dingoes because they had the big seam up the side. Yeah. And what we'd do is we'd cut the seam and glue, glue the seam back in, and we'd put the straight razor in there. So it was just a little holster, so you couldn't, you couldn't even feel it. So if you were in an issue, you could pull out the straight razor, which usually shuts people up. Mm-hmm. It's like I would, if I saw somebody with a gun, you know, I might run. But I see somebody with a straight razor, I'm like, I am so fucked. Yeah, it's by like being a person that's had guns pointed at them, like I'm more afraid of somebody with a knife because mm-hmm. somebody with a gun probably isn't going to shoot you. Ooh. Somebody with a knife is probably going to stab you though. And and the one step up from that is someone with a straight razor has Will. to know what the fuck they're doing to carry one. Yes. So I'm. Ten times more afraid of the guy with that little goofy straight razor than I am of the guy with the knife shaking. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't carry a straight razor because he won't cut you. <laughs> oh, no. That and ice picks are the two scariest things I've ever seen anybody carry. So I think I'm just trying to justify why I should buy a gun and carry it around. Well, we this is Michigan. I'm surprised we weren't presented See, one when we're 18. I don't want to wear one on my hip like some fucking redneck cowboy. Like mm-hmm. I said, I want to have it in like a hollowed out Bible. <laughs> <laughs> or you know like... What? In, in, in like a jar full of jello. So if I want to grab a gun, I have to get all goopy. <laughs> you better have a prop gun because as much as you're going to fucking use it. No, d- dude. <laughs> I, I mean, a prop gun's even worse because then I'm going to get arrested for just carrying around a prop gun in a Bible. <laughs> I might as well have a real fucking gun. I'm a responsible enough human being to know that I should not be entrusted with owning a firearm. Oh, no. I like. I think <laughs> even with my criminal record, I think I still qualify for gun ownership. Oh, no. I can totally own one, and I'm well-trained on them. I just know myself well enough to yeah, know I shouldn't have one. It, un- until... I guess in the course of history, very recently, but yeah, I, I was a what you would uh, call a quote unquote suicidal alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, who, who knew better than to uh, own a gun? But now mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I could have a Ruger. <laughs> well, I will say the problem- what other gun would I have, James? You think I'm going to buy a Glock? No, I'll save them pennies. I'm getting that fucking German Ruger. <laughs> It's gonna fucking rule. I just want a nice little Beretta when my when my kids are old enough and I can keep a gun safe. Because those are fun to shoot. 
They're just fun to shoot. That or I want, yeah, like a 357 Magnum. One that <laughs> I would shoot and just completely crush my face because the recoil would just bash my brains. Oh, uh, even with the even with the air recoil on those, I, I shot like the Ruger, the big Ruger Super Eagle. No, it was the Desert Eagle I shot. And that thing, even with the air, the special recoil thing, that thing will buck you, buddy. Oh, I bet. And like oh. with my uh, complete lack of upper body strength, too. It, uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm either going to like stumble back a few feet or I'm not going to expect the kind of kick. And again, just absolutely blast my face out. <laughs> you didn't need those front teeth, did you, buddy? I mean, for eating. Well, you and know. for not looking like a meth head because I have those natural dark like circles under my <laughs> eyes that like no matter how much I sleep or how clean I've been from mm-hmm. any sort of substances, they're there. Oh yeah, and I always look junked out. So that's the last thing I need. Perma bag is missing teeth as well. <laughs> well, all my good missing teeth are in the back, so I don't look as methy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I I don't need to look methy. That's a that's a fair assumption. Yes. Ah, uh, uh, meth. Yeah, I guess speaking Me- of meth and drugs, mm, mm. Mm, meth. Uh, it's like it's like chicken soup for the soul. We we just talked about the, the the two parts on the Michigan State seal. Yeah, <laughs> meth and guns. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> well, speaking of meth and guns, hey, every I don't know, man. Nice I just want to get this underway. Man, I fucked it up two weeks in a row. I don't care. I'm just doing it. It's Ready? all good, buddy. All right, cut. Here we go. Ah, and hold for edit hey everybody welcome to horror vomit where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to my name is chris faff and i am one of your hosts you just learned a new way to fuck me up just before i gotta talk i hate you in the neck and i am Uh, james marino and i'm the other one of your hosts even uh, when he doesn't get me he gets me that goddamn bastard oh man and i almost killed myself doing it because i don't know how but i really i exhausted everything in there and just whew Wow. That was, that's like running the tank on 151. Well, you fucking got me, buddy. You got me. All right. Well, James. Yes. This week we're talking about something a little different, kind of. A little different? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, we've done these directors before, but uh, we're talking about 2014's Spring. Mm Mm-hmm. Written by Justin Benson, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, starring Lou Taylor Pucci as Evan and Nadia Hilker as Luis. The Pooch. The Pooch. Uh, we, I, I came to this decision on this one because uh, I was watching their new, newer uh, 2022 film, In the Dirt. Or mm-hmm. some, sorry, Something in the Dirt. And we have previously covered The Endless. Yes. The, it's, it's the time loop, uh, the cult time loop guys. Oh, hell yeah. So James. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew we weren't going to be able to both watch something in, in the dirt. Mm-hmm. So I, I had seen this like right after we did the endless. Cause I liked that movie so much. that so I was like, man, I got to see something else that these guys have done. Right. Immediately loved it. That was about what, maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. About a year, year and a half in there. So after watching <laughs> that, I was like, Ooh, we should do another, uh, Benson and Moorhead. Right. So I landed on spring mm-hmm. and James. Yeah. What did you think of spring? Wow, it was a great European romantic film. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed it's, it for what it was. And it was just like, it was this one beautiful piece, which I've got some things to say about, with some real fucked up shit in it. And I enjoyed it because of that. It, yeah. It's, it wasn't like, they, they did the smartest thing in the world. If you pick a fucking beautiful place 
There are no bad shots. If you know anything about a camera and you get the right location, you can't fuck it up. And I've been out there. I've been out like the Sicily and a lot of those weird little places in Italy. And there, you just can't take a bad shot any place. It's just fucking gorgeous everywhere. So that, I think part of it was my nostalgia for having been there. You know, but it was it was just a fun movie to watch. Let's say I have seen all of these guys' films. Uh, they also have done uh, uh, the Archive eighty one. Okay, I've heard of that uh, series that was on Netflix. Yeah, and a couple episodes of Moon Knight. Okay, I've never and, seen and, it. and some other stuff that they've done here and there, producing whatever else. But I I have seen all of their feature films, and this is my favorite film of theirs. Like a better than I, the endless. I, I think easily better than the endless. I, I think my problem becomes, I, because of seeing the endless, and having watched a whole bunch of horror movies, I was in a horror movie mindset. So the more normal the movie seemed, the more fucked up I assumed it got. Now it did get fucked up, but not in the crazy way I expected it to, having been primed by other movies for the quiet to the crazy. This maintained a tone. I didn't have issues. You know, a lot of times I'm like, oh, shit, tone switch. Or, well, that wasn't handled beautifully. Or, you know, that wasn't none of that. And that's, that, that's a good thing. But I was not ready for it. So in order for me to compare it, I got to sit on this movie for about a week to be able to give you an honest answer to compare it to their other films. But it just as far as the standpoint of a film, I enjoyed the shit out of this. I just had to take the horror movie out of my head. Yeah, this is... It- in my estimation, pretty much exactly what a film should be. It is a well-written just story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a love story. Yeah. It's full of, obviously, human emotions. Uh, the dialogue is fucking spot on. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, almost perfect dialogue in this film. I mean, there's a few spots where they have to get through exposition, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the dialogue's perfect. And... As you were saying, the location. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is the uh, Italy almost acts as a character in and of itself. Oh, yeah. In this film. Especially and, that area, Italy. And it's so goddamn well done because to do a story like this, uh, should we give a little, I guess, synopsis? synopsis? Yeah. So um, it, this is a story about a young man in Southern California, Evan, who gets into some trouble after his mother dies. Not too long after his father died. Yes. Uh, he is a, kind of a wayward young man, I guess you would say. Yeah, and kind of dead end, stuck where he was because of situations and yeah, just and about we'll, fucking had it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that more. Uh, so he, uh, due to some trouble, just takes off for Italy, a place that he was supposed to go after college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets a woman there and... Uh, immediately falls in love, but it turns out that she is a, uh, what did you say, primordial? I was going to say Eldritch, but yeah, primordial works. <laughs> a, uh, an, an ageless human hybrid creature? Yeah. Ish. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. Uh, they well, set it up well enough, because oh, they do one thing with this movie that I enjoy, and it, it, it's come up in a few other things. They give us a bunch of information and let us do with what we want with it. Mm-hmm. So there's enough there to sink my teeth into. If I really want to wrap my brain around it and try to figure out I can, it follows procedure and steps. But it's left open-ended enough that I can kind of draw my own conclusions, and I like that. Exactly. And like I said, it's just 
chock full of pretty much every kind of human emotion and raw human oh God, emotion. Yeah. Like it it starts out with his mother just flat out dying while holding his hand and telling him this crude joke or not crude but a, a, a joke about death. And it, it, that killed me too because that's uh, when my, my my father was dying. Uh, Gene was not doing well, and but he would always have a joke or he'd always tell me something funny. And so that really, really hit home. And that's what I wanted to get into, I guess, first, if we're going to just, uh, since we're here. Uh, Evan, I think, is not only just a well-written character, but we've seen uh, Lou Taylor Pucci in something else. Yeah, he was in Pecker, wasn't he? He was in the Evil Dead remake as well. Oh, fuck, he was. And he He's is, so good, I didn't even recognize him. He's in a few shows that are that seem fairly popular. They, you mm-hmm. know, quite a few episodes and what have you. But while not being like your, uh, like Ben Affleck or uh, Tom Cruise, he easily carries this film as a leading man. I didn't want to believe him because of the way he looked. You know what I mean? I looked at him, I'm like, I just fuck you. He, fuck he, you for looking yeah, like he that. He look, just looks like a dude. Like yeah. a good looking dude. Yeah. Like he's not an ugly man by any means, but like he's just a dude. I know, but he looks like some other dudes. He's got a look. And this is what really kind of drew me into this movie because it reminded me a lot of uh, Larry Fessenden from Habit. Yes. He's not a good dude. He's not a bad dude. He's like, every man. Yeah. And just all of the contest texts that we get about his character immediately within the first five minutes of this film is that he is a young man who went off to college and his father suddenly died of a heart attack. His mother was diagnosed with cancer, dropped everything, mm-hmm. every single fucking thing that he may have had going on for him. And now he works at this bar mm-hmm. and has just kind of shitty friends. Yeah. Oh, and you know, they said something that really, really struck home with me. Um, if you've never been in a caretaker situation, it's a really weird, weird double-edged sword. You don't want them to suffer, but you want them around. Part of you is like, oh, just okay, how much longer is this going to go on? The other part of you wants to go on. Well, what was supposed to be an aggressive form of cancer that was supposed to take his mother in six months, he ended up being three years or two years or something. Yeah. And it's a double, again, having been through some of this, I watched his face while it was happening. Now, I may have been projecting emotions onto it, obviously, but the acting was phenomenal because you could see that when he was telling her it ended up being this long. And you could see that, like, fight inside him, like, fuck, you know, it was my mom, but God, she's gone, and I had to give up this much. It was supposed to be six months, but it was two years. And I was like, oh, fuck, that was some good writing. Yeah, and uh, again, I've never been in that sort of, like, a caretaker position but I also understand that if you notice after his mother's funeral, he's just sitting at the bar he works at. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, he has this job that he has to have to maintain status quo. Yeah. Well, to maintain a home. Yeah. Uh, but his life outside of that is just anybody that he might know that either is a regular or works or worked at the bar, mm-hmm. like his drunk ass friend and you know the bartender and the, uh, presumably the girl that came over, because mm-hmm. we get no other indication that he has any life outside of these two places. And just think about that too, because even when I was a daily drinker, I fucking hate bars. Because who hangs out at bars? The drunks and the waitstaff. Uh-huh. And sometimes they're the same people. Yep. <laughs> so that's his friend pool. 
That's his dating pool. That's his whole life. Can you imagine? Yeah. Even as a fucked up daily, I couldn't hang out in bars because I didn't want to hang out with those fucking people. Yeah, and the girl that he has over, she says, like, what are you doing with your life? And he's like, oh, I finally worked my way up to sous chef. Like, we see the bar. We see the interior of it. Yeah, it's not like a classy restaurant. Yeah. He's a and, sous chef. And, and that's what, like... That really hit me really hard because I lived that life for many, many years. And just like, oh, you have nothing really. You have this job and these people that you call friends that once you leave that job, you'll never talk to again. Mm -hmm. And then you go home. Yeah. And you take care of, obviously, I've never taken care of a sick and dying mother. But he ends up, (laughs) man, that fight scene in that bar. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic, not only just acting, but directing, because those are some of the most realistic, just straight up punches that I've seen in a film. And the lead up to that fight, the lead up to that fight, I especially when I was on the road, when I was doing uh, wind turbines, every shit kicker bar I've ever been in, there's always one guy trying to fucking brace you. And that's exactly how the fuck they do it. Mm-hmm. And you're doing everything you can. Yeah, hey, buddy, if, what shut, is, the, is, shut the fuck up, quit being an asshole, and come yeah. have a drink with me. Yeah. You need a cigarette, I got a cigarette for you here. But his fuck. buddy fucked the game up for him. Uh-huh. His buddy opened his mouth. I was just like, oh. Because, again, you know what a guy who wrote this has been in those situations because he wrote it fucking dead tits perfect. And even if you haven't like lived that situation, yeah, you've seen it happen because in a generally in a film – uh, he catches two pretty much straight right hands from Evan. Mm. <clears throat> and they were solid. Yeah. And his hand fucking splits open instantly. Mm-hmm. But this dude is, it isn't like the triumphant, like, haha, victory. Like, this dude stumbles backwards and mm-hmm. the entire bar gets quiet. <laughs> yeah. And this dude kind of stumbles back and tries to go in for that, you know, you've been punched in the face before, the. I'm going to get this fucking last one. And you mm-hmm. don't realize that you're punch drunk. Mm-hmm. And Evan's got the jump on him and just drops it. He just it's, leans in and stacks him. It, honestly, it was one of the more realistic fights that I've ever seen in a movie. Because oh, yeah. like, holy shit. Because you if, if you get jacked like that, especially if you're not expecting it and you don't set your neck or you don't, you don't roll with it. Fight's over fucking quick. I, don't, I hate these shows where you get biffed about 20 times. No, you fucking take one real hard and you're not set. You are going to fuck down. Yeah, and whoever was doing the stunt coordinating or fight training or whatever on mm-hmm. this film, it honestly, it looked like he fucking blasted this dude. It was, again, it, that's why I think this is one of my favorite films of theirs. Just like, those little touches that you just go, God damn, that's perfect. And again, they, they pay attention to the things. And, and this is like when I used to do house painting, you know, the guy who trained me, he's like, you know, the mark of a good painter. And I was like, what? He's like, the guy who stops to take the same care to paint the inside of the stairwell that nobody sees. These guys painted the inside of the stairwell. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to fucking get that detail because the movie was that good without it. They cared a fucking enough to put those details in. And, and I got a question for you because I rewound it and I'm still not sure. Remember that point when they were sitting, the two old men were playing tic-tac-toe in the background or whatever the fuck they were doing, and uh, that little girl walked up to the table with the hat? Remember? The girl with the curly hair? Yeah. When they shot to the church and they closed up on that girl when they were doing all that other stuff, it looked like the same girl to me. Maybe. I I don't know. And I was trying to see if it meant something because I I missed things, and I thought maybe you may have caught that because usually you're an eagle eye for that shit. 
No, but what we did get is uh, Evan and his fucking friend are sitting out back drinking whiskey after. Oh, like, yeah. And the bartender walks out and obviously he knows these guys. It's like, what the fucking fuck? But <laughs> he's like, yeah, I- I'm not firing you. But the boss says you can't work here no more. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can bring you back. I can bring you back. I brought shitty Carl back. <laughs> shitty Carl. And that's, that's exactly when you just go like, yes, shitty Carl. <laughs> I laughed my ass off, and I couldn't remember why I laughed my ass off so long, and then I remembered shitty Carl from the other fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. I brought shitty Carl back, and he stabbed a cripple guy in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> His friend's just like, yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> just like, yeah, that seems like something that shitty Carl would do. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, if you end up seeing uh, something in uh, something in the dirt, uh-huh. there's a spot where because it's a film about them making a documentary. I swear to God, shitty Carl goes just storming by. <laughs> I fucking swear it. Like there's almost no possible way it's not him. Oh, I love it. I love it. And that's what I love. That these guys have this whole universe that they've made because there's something in every single one of their films that references something else in their films. And I was, you know, now I got to go back and watch it because I wasn't thinking on that vein. Now when I go back and watch it, I'm going to... Because like sometimes I have to watch something twice to actually get the information from the film. Luckily, I only had to watch this one once, and I tried to watch it late at night. No fault of the movie, but I fell asleep like three or four times because I've had a fucking week. Yeah. But uh, when I could finally get there and really focus, this, this movie drew me in. And again... You've been picking a bunch of good either you've been picking a bunch of good ones or my brain is accepting movies better. Oh, I got a humdinger for you next week too. Oh, pal. fuck me running. I'm but, scared. No, uh but again, just speaking of character, I mean, you we get so much of who Evan is and mm-hmm. just this little close circle again, like you said, the painting the inside of the stairway. Yep. These little touches cuz he even says before his friend leaves cuz the dude that he fucking rocks pulls up to in front of his house and is like, yo, where's my fucking cigarette? Now we know where you live, bitch. Uh, and, I mean, he's clearly a dude who knows how things work. He's like, yep, they're going to send the cops, they're going to sue me, and then they're going to come back with baseball bats. Because mm-hmm. they're going to fucking roll him for as much cash as they can get. Yep. Uh, I don't miss those days, dude. No, but it's, again, that little bit of writing is just like, oh, yeah, these are dudes who, like, know how things work. Yep. And it, this is just, like... The little touches of this is a perfect setup for like why he's got to get the fuck out of here. Now it's it's funny because I went the opposite way. I went from a big place to a small town because I needed to downsize like a motherfucker because I've lived that life. Yeah, but I can't imagine. I could not imagine. Like I watched my kid grow up in a smaller town. Yeah, it's pretty big. There's a college there and whatever, but. I, some of the towns that I've been through, I couldn't even imagine having the existence of living there. You know, I, I would have been probably gone when I was 15 if I had to live someplace small. I, I don't know how anybody does it. Well, it's Southern California. That's not a small town that they live in. It seems like it, though. It's like a, it's like a small, some neighborhoods are, sm- are small towns in and of themselves. And some, I don't know where they were in Southern Cam- California. I'm guessing L.A. They're based out of L.A. So like a oh, lot okay. of their stuff is based around the Los Angeles area. Because you get out of L.A. into some of those weird valley towns like Marino Valley and all that, not too far from L.A., and you're, you might as well be in fucking Mars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the middle of nowhere. It's, it's just like these little weird podunk towns like you'd find in uh, like Iowa. Like thirty mile or fifty miles outside of LA, and that's that's how I was saying I'd be the fuck gone quick. 
So uh, Evan takes off to Italy, and this is what I was saying that like Italy is a character in and of itself because if you wanted to do this, there's no reason that he had to go to Italy other than to, and I think it was really smart. It, obviously, they were going to pr- try and uh, sell this probably in America. Mm-hmm. It's a more wondrous place because realistically, he could have found this exact same story. They could have done it in fucking Paducah. Right. Or, or Washington State somewhere. And, and the truth of the matter is they could have still been in Italy. I've been places in Italy and France where you can tell them the difference between that and Schaumburg, Illinois. It's just fucking exact same bowling alley, same track houses, same everything. Yeah, but taking it to a rustic Italian setting does that thing like you said. It goes from the like a the way I interpret it anyway, like a big city, faster life, gangs, yada yada mm-hmm. yada to this smaller town. Everything's rustic. It's clear it's very much not southern California. Oh my god, no. The man that he ends up rooming boarding uh rooming and working for, mm-hmm. he's a quiet contemplative man mm-hmm. and, and all of this is just such a change of pace and it's so like wondrous i guess to the american eye because like we don't get it might be different in europe i mean i know it's different in europe because they travel almost kind of freely in europe mm-hmm. so through american eyes though to see you know oh look at this fucking beautiful landscape holy shit mm-hmm. like narratively you didn't need to and I don't know how the fuck they got the funding for this, but... Well, Tourist Bureau. But it's it's such a fucking smart move, such a smart filmmaking move to go that extra step to try and say, like, no, we need to do this here. And not just in, like, yeah, we can find a rustic town in Florida or something. Not only shit. that, but if you figure the director finally got a couple bucks, he's like, fuck it, not only are we going to film this, let's film this in Italy so we can hang out in Italy for a month while we film this goddamn thing. Uh-huh. And you know? uh, so he meets some of my favorite characters. Oh, the, Jesus. Uh, the British uh, backpack tourists. Oh, yeah. Well, he meets them in a hostel. And, uh, oh, God. Man, the most obnoxious fucking Brits you could ever hope to meet. Well, people, I know growing up, growing up, I had this idea that all British people were proper and shit. And it, I didn't, I had no idea. And then I joined the Navy and I was in Palma de Mallorca. And that's where Brits go for vacation and shit when they go on holiday. Uh-huh. And I was hanging out with dudes from the British Navy. <laughs> and I did not know that we inherited redneckism from them. Sure did. And they are just as missing tooth messed up as we are. I had no fucking idea until I was playing darts with one. And some guy called me a cunt and I had to duck <laughs> a beer glass. And it was one of the best fights I'd ever been in my life. I'm like, you're British? I thought you guys all sip tea with your pinkies up and shit. My absolute favorite part is they're in a car and the Tom, the <laughs> Tom character is turned all the way around right into Evan's face. It's a, there's this geezer up there right, rapping and rapping and rapping. So anybody want to take me on? I say, you know what? Fuck this. I, I go up there. And I, I, I'll bet you. I'll bet you. Never rapped in my life, bruv. Never rapped in my life. Went up there, smashed him. Smashed him, bruv. With a bottle in the face. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. And the funny thing These is... These obnoxious cocksuckers. Hostile culture is like that, though, because a lot of the guys we'd see, like, we'd go to a pub out there, and if it wasn't military guys, it was the hostile dudes because they'd have cheap pints. Yep. And that's those fucking guys. Yeah. 
Oh my god, they pegged I'm, it. I'm Tom, this is my friend Sammy's well she fucks sheep. That's that's his introduction. I fucking love it. And I know those guys. I know those guys. So, I love it. So uh they're sitting at a bar and he uh spots Luis or no they're walking through uh like a town square and mm-hmm. he spots Luis. Mm-hmm. They smile at each other, he sees her at the bar. The meat cute. Yep. And uh, immediately she's just says like go home with me. And I was like and I was thinking exactly everything that came out of his fucking mouth. I was exactly. thinking. Again, the writing in this is so goddamn good because there's a dude sitting behind him mm-hmm. and she kind of just looks at this dude while telling, just happens to look at him while telling him, Evan, like, you should come home with me right now. We find out why. Mm-hmm. He's like, so, uh, I don't want to get rolled by your pimp over here. <laughs> so, and like, yeah, just completely the American outlook of just, oh, well, uh, you're going to rob me, mm-hmm. rob me blind, <laughs> and uh, no, I don't want to. Go out with me, though. Yeah. Meet me in a place. Because that's, that's how you get rid of the buy me girls. If, we, if you dropped in a bar in Spain, the buy me drink girls, say, well, I'll tell you what. I'll buy you a drink tomorrow. Come meet me at such and such. They leave real quick. Uh-huh. So I was, and, and again, it's, the writing is beautiful. And, and I love how they foreshadow it when he was... Uh, Getting lucky at home, looking for the condom, and how do you have condoms? And condoms stuck in my head. And then when they get to the thing with the rod dog, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> oh, this got to be a plot point. Uh-huh. Fucking was. Yep. Uh, so needed that man juice. <laughs> uh, Luis. <laughs> oh, jeez. <sighs> I th- I honestly for it being. Her being a monster, mm-hmm. again, I love that she, you know, she's human. Yeah. For the most part. Ish. But her her existence uh, proves that in this universe, monsters do in fact exist. Yes. And I think that's such a fucking, like, it, it's so understated in this film. But when you think about it, it's like, man, that's so goddamn good. Because then if we posit that monsters exist, that makes more sense that everybody wasn't up in arms over the sheep off the cliff. Now, accidents happen, but we all know that that wasn't a normal uh, accidental sheep falling. Um, the, the blood spatters on the walls. Yes, the police were investigating, but they weren't investigating. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if brutal murders, sheep missing, we're thinking serial killer or something, you'd think everybody would be up in arms. But if we posit in this universe that monsters do exist, time loops do exist characters exist in other you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. then that makes this movie even better because we take it one step out of ours and now it's its own thing and it's even cooler and they took the extra step to add in a few lines that again make her human because when we look in films and you know there's somebody who's been alive for two three thousand years or whatever or they're distant like, or they're hating it, mankind or, yeah it, well, it, yeah effectively an immortal but they're also brilliant mm-hmm. and they know everything about the world and the cosmos or whatever. She explains like, no, this is a pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I have a boat. I have apartments here. I have apartments here for when she needs to go different places. She's like, but it sucks. I have to keep getting new federal ID numbers. I have to keep willing things to myself. Mm-hmm. She knows as much as science does mm-hmm. about, you know, she's doing her own scientific investigation to, into her condition. Yeah. But she's not this ageless, but like wise being. Like she well, knows exactly how much you would know, 
because there's only so much that a brain can I was going to say, hold. It, it infers that your brain only holds so much and you're human enough that you're going to drop something to keep something. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to maintain all these memories of, you know, you'll, you'll pick the one or two good ones because you got 2,000 2, years to deal with. So I like how they did that too because, again, if it had been all-knowing, then this wouldn't have been a real relationship. Yeah, and he asks her, like, so what is your name originally? And she goes, uh, I don't remember. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Because, I mean, there's art books of her throughout, or she is portrayed in art throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. And she has the, was it heterochromia? Yeah, or dichromia. I forgot what it was called. Yeah. yeah. Where each eye, like David Bowie, each eye was a different color. Exactly. But her one eye is like a magical sort of green. Yeah. And there are several uh, frescoes of her throughout history. And she talks about how she, uh, yeah, dated conquistadors. Oh, I know. And I loved it because when she was saying that, I'm like, because she said it real slyly, but I'm putting two and two together with the quickness. I'm like, oh. Oh, she was in the new world with the conquistadors and shit. Fuck yeah. But what I think, again, is amazing about that is that when finding out, obviously, that, oh, I'm an ageless being and whatever, she had, like, this insane life, different lives that she lived, and now she's bored. Mm. Now she works at a museum in rustic Italy. Can you imagine? she's over it, and she wanted to take Evan home. To gain basically his DNA. Yep. And that was it because she's so fucking done. Just needs to do this thing pretty much by the books to continue to survive. Mm-hmm. And there is something that, yeah, like changed her worldview. Maybe. I, I love how the, in fact, I love how they, she even said it's oxyti- or oxytocin. oxytocin. I'm like, fuck, that is smart. That is some smart shit. Yeah. And honestly, don't know if it's real. They could have made the, all that shit up. But, I mean, if we're going to start questioning movie science, then we can never watch <laughs> Ghostbusters again. No, not at all. But, yeah, explaining that... Huh, how do we... Like I'm, try, I'm trying to understand... The mother, the mother hormone, the one that kicks in to yes. make you accept that baby because you know as well as I do, newborns are pain in the fucking ass. Because what happens is she takes in a, a man's... The juice... Yeah, uh, the essence. The, <laughs> come, yeah, and uh, so you within, you bust a nut, and then she takes the nut and, and makes a baby, and with, eats the baby, and within seven days, and that's how <clears throat> she respawns a new twenty-something, yeah, uh, individual who will, for another twenty years, will be aging normally. No, I don't. I don't think she ages. That's okay. the thing. But the cycle repeats itself every twenty years, and she becomes effectively a new person. Yeah. And the only way that she's figured, and it's only a theory. Even right. she explains that it's only a theory, is if the oxytocin level, which is uh, what produces love, or oxytocin. love or love produces oxytocin. Yeah. One of the two. I forget. From what I understand about oxytocin, it's. Um it's like a hormone secreted. Uh, that uh, like, it's not like serotonin, which is the happy. This is more of a deep like. How do I explain it? It's a, a deep satisfied feeling. The oxytocin produces a, a deep right. thing of everything is right. So that would make sense actually. Yeah, and the, so if she there is high enough levels of oxytocin, her body will use the. Ad- adult cells rather than the stem cells rather than the stem cells inside that are growing in her right 
And she will then become mortal? That's what it seems like. It's the opposite of a quickening from... <laughs> yeah, it was explained and very... she gets to keep her head. It was explained very quickly, very clearly. Yeah. We should know, but very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, she goes into it quite a bit. It, it, it's just a lot to take in. And it is science as a motherfucker, too, and it's based in real science. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, okay, I've heard of this shit. And throughout the entire film, she's uh, injecting stem cells to keep... Because uh, if not, she turns into a primordial monster from uh, humans past or from time past. And and a lot of it seems to be like shit she injected herself with or shit she ate. Because remember when she's kind of growing the rabbit fur? Yeah. So it's all things that she ate. And I love how they foreshadowed. Because she she looks like a fucking werewolf, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, and but you see what she's chasing too, that kind of thing. So it seems like every cell that's been in, because she she's doing injections from rabbit testicles, all this shit. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, I love how they presage it because when they were eating that big old fucking squid, just yep. And I've seen that. I've been to markets in Italy, and I'm like, oh, I like squid. I just don't like to fucking cook it, you know. But yet or octopus, and then she turns into that fucking Cthulhu-esque looking goddamn. Which is by far both really, they, they did two things, and it was really weird. Some of the practical effects were amazing, and some of them were like Mac and me levels of goofy, shitty puppet looking. I'm like, that's just shiny material over that fucking hand. Come on. Yeah, but it's fine. It is fine, but it didn't match the rest of the tone. It, it just seemed out of place to me. Right, but the uh, buildup to... Uh pretty much explaining exactly what she is mm-hmm. i think is so fucking well done because at first she just starts noticing like boils on her legs mm-hmm. and then when she's cooking dinner she can see it or feel it coming on yep and she goes upstairs and that's where she turns into the yeah the rabbit monster or the werewolf looking yeah thing, yeah yeah whatever and injects herself and that's what because we see her inject herself before right and we don't like, well, what the fuck is going on? And she explains that she has a medical condition. Yeah. Then we see her just turn into a flat-out monster. Mm-hmm. Go, what the fuck? I love the scene where she was chasing the rabbit or whatever in the alley. And Because uh, I'm a sucker. Anytime they do something weird physically, the way that she was moving and chasing and going from back and forth, and I was like, oh, that is amazing. Uh-huh. But just the... Uh... The visual of her turning into this beast in her bathroom, like it's ripping through her back. Yes. And then she has to inject the stem cells to come back to a human form and just laying in the shower with the shower, obviously, because uh, Evan's downstairs. <laughs> like this whole shit, this crazy shit's happening. He's downstairs making pasta. La, da, 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 da. Yeah, like watching her soup. And just the blood spatter on the walls while she's heaving on the floor. Yeah, it's just such a... From the tone that this film has, because it's, you know, them being cute going on dates, to, mm-hmm. oh, shit, she's a fucking monster. And what I liked about this, because initially, if if we took the horror element out of this, in my head it was missing something, because I love romance movies if they're good. I'm not talking yeah, about home, I, home I, shit. I am right there with you. We talk a lot of right. shit about, you know rad stuff and like cool cool dude stuff yeah. like dude i like the notebook fuck yeah i think it's a good movie but in these ones especially with these ones where they meet cute and you want them to get together and whatever they usually have a tiff where they go apart and you're like oh that's that's a tiff they're never going to come back from and then they get back in the end they didn't have that part but they 
made up for it. I had to stop mm. and think about it. They made up for it with, oh shit, you're a fucking monster. Well, and he of. walks away a little bit. She she's got his cells and she knows that uh, the the cycle is coming up, and I think she's starting to get feelings for him. So she t- flat out tells him like we can't see each other anymore. Oh, I know that 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 fucking broke my goddamn heart. Uh huh. And he goes back to the farm mm-hmm. where he's working with the old man and mm-hmm. uh, says, uh, take off for the day or whatever. So oh, let's go fishing. And they see uh, police walking up the, up the drive and uh, like, who is that? It's immigration. Should I run? See, mm-hmm. <laughs> you should. The funny thing is, and part of my, okay. And that, that I say, that's when he runs back to Luis's house and mm-hmm. she... He hears glass break, so he barges in, and she is a fucking monster a laying on the floor. calamari monster. Goddamn right. Oh, fucking wiggly-ass tentacles and everything. It's insane. Yeah, it is. Rules. And that's the part where, with the, with the muscle or the tentacles and the sheath, and that was some real-looking shit, and that the prosthetic on her head was fucking awesome. And then the goddamn hand and the, the fucking puppet tentacle. I'm like, oh, fuck you. It's on a fishing wire. Eat a bullet dick. It's... Come on, relax. It. Wh- I'm sorry, they didn't have $350 million for Marvel effects. Hey, I don't want Marvel effects, but if you're going to do good, just show the good parts and leave those stupid-ass tentacles to fuck home. So that's when this movie <laughs> takes a real turn, though, because it's him kind of, uh, how do I want to say, maturing or accepting that like i think i really have feelings for this person but she's also like a eldritch monster yeah yeah (laughs) and that's even better than the uh, emotional tiff about not wanting children or i can't leave my books or my career back in amsterdam no this is fucking she's a goddamn primordial monster Uh uh-huh yeah and uh It, it took me a minute to make the jump because again what is a horror movie? You know what I mean? And in my head, I'm walking into this was a horror movie, so I had to separate this twice to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm watching a romance movie, which I'd have fucking watched regardless because it was well-written. Watched the horror aspects regardless because it was cool as shit and it worked in Melu. It took me a second to have them work together because my mind wasn't going, hey, these are both the same movie. My mind was going, what movie is this? But once I got over it, this movie was the shit. Like I said, they they do enough to reinforce those horror elements throughout the film, I think, to make it not, I don't want to say not boring, because I enjoyed the romance elements oh, yeah. of it. But to keep you engaged horror-wise, like where the American dude tries to like take advantage of her in an alleyway. And again, the setups and payoffs in this movie are on fucking point. Because we've all seen that guy, or you could be that guy. I've seen him. I've been embarrassed to be American when I was overseas sometimes. Just going, just from the sheer, just watching people. And I'm not even talking about the knuckleheads from my ship. I'm just talking about people going and visiting. And I'm like, dude, you're visiting somebody's place. What the fuck? You represent us. What are you doing? And that guy was doing exactly everything that you don't want us to do. Uh huh. And I'm just like, oh, Fuck. And he gets his fucking dick ripped off for it. <laughs> oh, God damn. It was beautiful. Because he was just being an asshole in the alleyway. He was pulling it out. Come on, baby. I got money. Suck my dick. <laughs> Rip. And again, just to speak to the quality of the writing here, too. When uh, he meets Luisa, 
or Luis, uh, they're on the streets, and he says, "Yeah, I need a minute." And he goes and makes the phone call back home to his shitty friend. Yeah. And he starts explaining, like, "Yeah, things are okay. I met this girl. I think she might be a monster." Oh, <laughs> a, a big bowl right before I got on the phone. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And it, that's almost the point where you like see his face realize, like, "Well, what the fuck do I have to go home to?" Yeah. And but the fact that he thought he had something to go, that was heartbreaking. Too. Exactly. And it didn't need to be that good. This movie would have worked without that, but this was, movie was made even that much more better. Mm-hmm. It's like adding a little white pepper to your chili. Yeah. You don't taste it, but God damn it, it makes a difference. Yeah, and like, or like when uh, he and Luis are on the beach and she says, tell me about your family. And he gives like that long, heart-wrenching tale of what had happened. Yeah. And she says, so what are you feeling now? He says, I, I feel like I'm a grown-ass man who's missing his parents. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, man, you're, it's okay yeah. to have feelings. Like, yeah. and, Grief is and, a fucking bear, man. And it's watching this man mature over the course of a film or, alternatively, being just so emotionally devastated by everything that's happened that he is confusing lust and infatuation with love. Or being so lost and stuck in a dead-end place that anything could be construed as love because you're not used to having anything different. Yeah, anything could be better than what I had back home. Yeah. And again, those little touches that, oh, smoked a big bowl before I got on the phone. You see his fucking face just drop. Yep. And... Going through with, you know, okay, well, let's go on a road trip. If this is going to happen and whatever, come with me. Yeah. Give me one chance to make you fall in love with me. And but they... They preface that, though, because she didn't... After she got to, after she got to man juice, she could have fucking ended it at any time. She didn't have to say yes. She didn't have to say yes to that second date. And that's what I... Again, it speaks to the humanity the, of her character... Because, again, like we said, she had this insane life where she is in art and dated conquistadors mm-hmm. and has never fallen in love in that 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. Has always replicated and never stayed the same. And now, after this long, she just meets some dude, but it's different. But think about it, too. Think about... Almost every time that she's presented, she's presented... Even in pictures, it's a beautiful person, except the one time because the dude was ugly. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But for the most part, if you're that interesting and can speak that many languages, you're not hanging out with Fred from the bar. You're attracting, you're attracting guys who are attracted to, you know, movers and shakers. So you're, you're, you're attracting big businessmen. You're attracting conquistadors. She never had time to spend with a regular dude. Yeah. So when she does, she's flummoxed because... He's not, you know, I want to knock out half a continent for you, woman. He's like, hey, I'll buy you coffee. Yeah, come. Uh, Hang out. Let's, yeah. be, let's just be real. I'll, I uh, I don't have much to spend. I spent all the paycheck that I haven't made yet on <laughs> this bottle of wine and whatever at the restaurant, you yep. know. But here's how I feel about you. And he tucks her in when she's feeling sick. And mm-hmm. just those little things. It's, it's a fucking gorgeous story, James. And the chemistry between the actors. It's palpable. It's real. When you see their faces close together, you're just like, okay, I buy that. I fucking buy that. You know? And it's not always sold. Even even people with chemistry, it doesn't always work. But this one, they, they were never not believable. Never. And again, one of the other just 
pieces of writing and their dialogue that is so fucking good is when they go visit that church. She's explaining that I haven't been here since the grand opening. And she's explaining this big, long, like kind of funny story while turning into a monster. And all he does is it, it's the same thing that you would do. It's the forming of a relationship. Yeah. The, honey, honey, you got something do, on your face. Do you, uh, you still have one of those syringes left on you? Mm-hmm. You need to use it right now, please. Because her face is just turning into this fucking monster. Yeah, this zombie-looking thing. Yeah, and there's the tentacle that pops up behind him and is wiggling around behind the church. The fucking teeth look like it's going to go for his jugular and shit. And as soon as they leave, there's two other people in that church. And the the old lady, uh, or the old man looks at her and says, like, what's wrong? There was a vampire doing heroin in here. (laughs) The zombie is shooting heroin in the pews. I'm fucking dying. So fucking good. And it wasn't, it didn't even have to be broad comedy because it could have been played so badly and good. No. Yeah. It was just something, she saw it and she said it and the guy just looked like, oh fuck, what are you, you sniffing sniffing the incense again, hon? And just adding a little like, (laughs) Like a little tickle like that, it keeps it fresh and interesting. That's such good filmmaking instincts to, you know, you're having this deep emotional story and just a little like, almost like a palate cleanser, like Mm -hmm. the ginger after sushi. Well, one of the things I liked about this movie is this movie presented the horror and I didn't have that, like a lot of movies I enjoy because they increase that sense of dread. I never had that feeling throughout this whole movie. No. I knew she, we all knew what was happening, but I, I was still sympathetic to that character. Mm-hmm. sympathetic to all of them because for a change yeah he was in every guy and he was flawed but I still felt positively for him and a lot of times we see these movies I give a fuck about any of them let them all die let their head explode I don't care I cared deeply about the both of them and they did the romance enough that you wanted them to be together you're like I'll be, I'll be fucking pissed I either wanted two things to happen at the end of the movie either they got together or the fucking world ends yeah. Those are the only two possibilities. And since they didn't give me the Robocop 3, and, and, and they, they didn't gave, end the fucking world. And they gave us neither ending, really. Well, they're together. Right. So I think the uh, connection to, to the Endless, the red flower that they would smoke, I think that might be the That's red flower right. that she leaves in the uh, tombs. And not only that, but how it blooms and dies, blooms and dies, in a, like it's going through a time sequence. Mm-hmm. Badass. So effectively, uh, she tells him, or he asks, like, so what happens during this final transformation? She says, run. Yeah. Do not be anywhere near me because I'm going to be the biggest, sharpest, nastiest yeah. beast. Extra strong and extra sharp is what she said. That yeah. was- and she won't, doesn't even know if the oxytocin thing will work because it's just a theory that she has that she might not turn into a beast. Who knows? Well, it happened for her mom, but her mom probably didn't tell her everything that happened and how it happened. No, she pieced all this together herself. And it ends with them watching the sunrise as he explains being mortal. And you can hear the gurgling sounds of monster. Mm. And it just kind of ends. So we don't know if it worked and she's a well, human it's, again. It or... seems to me, I guess maybe again, it might have been just my mindset. But remember earlier when he said, how does your body know the dates? He said, doesn't it? It happens because this time and this thing. Yeah. It knows these things. So she knew that she would change, but she didn't change completely. So that means that to me that the adult cells were subsuming the monster cells. 
but because we, she made it to the sunrise. We don't know that because it's still gurgling mid-transformation. Right, but it, in my head, it was the gurgling is because that whatever power is, the adult cells are making that shit happen. And if the young cells make all this weird shit happens, there's going to be a gurgle, homie. So That's fair. That's how I ended my movie. I don't know how you ended yours, but I ended mine like that. Oh, I, I like to just kind of think of all the possibilities, let my mind go every which way. Like, in my heart, yeah, I hope that she turned into a just a regular woman. Uh, maybe, I guess. Because that would clearly... It, that also gives her the agency, <coughs> meaning that she wanted that. And yeah. It's not he forced her into... Uh, well, and again, that's why my brain went there, because I want this to be everybody's choice and everybody's happy. Not like, oh, fuck, I fell in love and I really didn't want this. God damn it. I mean, we've all had that happen to me. (laughs) Fuck, I fell in love with her. God damn, what am I thinking? Yep. (laughs) We've all been there. Yep. Oh, James. Uh, Yeah. I don't even think I need to ask. Nah. Incredible film. Again. I would recommend this to anyone who has human feelings and emotions Mm -hmm. and isn't afraid of them. (laughs) I would recommend this to just about anyone I know. I got maybe two knuckleheads wouldn't appreciate that I know, but for the most part, everybody I know would appreciate this movie. Yeah, it's it's such a well-written story. It's such a different take on not only a love story, but a creature feature, a coming-of-age. Almost sci-fi. Yeah, it's, dude, and like I said, it's... Eldritch horror. It's not only the directing and the shots, because everything looks fucking great. For me, what cinches it is the dialogue. And just the little touches that these guys add that are so fucking brilliant. Well, I think that's been a theme this entire time we've been doing this. We're coming up on two years now. Writing, writing, writing. If you have, if you have zero talent as a director, hire a good goddamn writer and let them go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just hope that you can catch up with it. Because that's been the theme. All the movies that we've liked have... Well, there have been a few that weren't well-written, but they were so well-filmed they didn't make a fucking difference. Yeah. But for the most part, I would say 98% of the things that we like, it was because of the writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can tell, like, this was made with, like, a, maybe a little bit cheaper cameras that, uh, like, The Endless or any other subsequent yeah. films. But still, all the shots that they get are so well-composed, and they look great. And, Lighting. And there's... This is one of those films that I can honestly say, like, there's barely a bit of fat on it. Mm-mm. Almost every single scene that needs to be here, it, that is in this film, needs to be there. Because it's either a stab, it's an establisher or a payoff. Establisher, payoff. There's no, there's no superfluous stories. No. And there, there are a couple that are hinted at, and one that, that kind of, it, it seemed to me that they were hinting at, this is cyclical, and the, the old man knew about it. Because he's been, there's no way you can live in a tiny Italian village for 20 years and not be to talk anything. And that's why the idea that monsters exist, maybe it's like, oh, well, old boy needs to fall in love and, well, she, she needs a little extra man juice for the baby. Well, I don't think he knows this. I don't, I don't think, think he knows any, knows. Because they would have run her out of town if you, they knew that they were living with this primordial beast. No, but they, they got to know something's up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And... But, and like I said, just the, if we didn't even really talk about the old man, but it's the idea that like the older generation, cause nobody wants to listen to like the generation immediately above them, but no. he's seeing this old man who 
has lived this simple life, but mm-hmm. it's been full of full of life. Oh and hell yeah! His, his he's wife imparting, and his orchards and everything. Yeah, he imparts these just small bits of wisdom that mm-hmm. you know, and you can see him not only this romance, but this old gentleman's influence on Evan. And I'm a sucker for this too, because no matter how old I get, I can listen to old men. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, I want to hear it. And then like, I heard that, and it's like listening to my grandpa talk when he was talking about how you make that, because my grandpa could grow anything. And he would talk about gardening for fucking ever. I could care less. I'd kill any plant that comes within five feet of me. But when he's talking about how they, the new tree grows from the old and showed him how he, I'm like, I was like, yeah, listen to my grandpa. Mm-hmm. And that whole dichotomy, that whole that whole thing that went together, is showing how the plants go through these transformations and the bad roots. And he's like, "Oh, do you guys shake fucking lamb skulls at midnight at it?" He's like, "No, we we use the fucking go, go get the fungicide, the fungicide in the shed." What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, noodle. Uh huh. I loved it. I loved it because. You know old people like that, and I crave to have old people like that in my life. I just want somebody to say, sit down, shut up. This is how we do a carburetor. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we do a carburetor. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's not the uh, overconfidence or whatever. It is genuine wisdom. Yeah. This is just how stuff is, buddy. Come on. I'll show you. God, I love that. All right. So should we bring this in for a landing then, No, James? I want to I extend this for about 20 minutes. Stop because it. I, I got to pee, you bastard. I want to see if I can make you make the wet spot on the couch once uh, for other reasons. I, I will pee on my own couch. I don't give a fuck. I'll just turn around and pee on it standing up. <laughs> from, the, from the armrest, just like in the pool from yeah. the diving board. It's my goddamn garage. I'll pee on anything in here. James, where can people find us? They can find us at Horrified. Horror, horror Vodka? Yeah, Horror Vodka. Yeah, that's so... Oh, anyway, anyway. horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram. They can find us on Facebook, the Facebook page. And if you are feeling so generous, we would like all of the stars, please. And any comments that you can give us on the fa- or on the, uh, on the uh, old Apple Music and uh, Spotify and whatnot. And the magic number is five, five words. That puts us on the algorithm. That was fucking fantastic, James. I've been practicing, motherfucker. I've got nothing to say. I think we're good there. All right, let's call it a night, buddy. All right, sounds good, my man. Good night. That was a really good outro. I'm very proud of you. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. You would be terrified.